0: hey guys welcome back to another episode of bible prophecy for today where i give you news that you can use in these end times so guys welcome back we got some things to talk about today we got some headlines if you have not listened to this program before um i go through headlines and through stories and things that are happening in current events right now and i relate them uh to what the bible says would be happening culturally in the end times and of course it happens to be uh with bible prophecy then it will happen to go with bible prophecy i have studied eschatology for at least 30 years now so um anyway that's usually what i do i've been called to be a watchman on the wall and so um if you are joining me for the first time welcome 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 um i love feedback if you want to give me feedback give me some comments whatever you want to do i would be most uh, appreciative of those. If you want to reach out to me, you can go to Bible Prophecy for today at Outlook dot com. And that is the number four. Bible prophecy the number four today at Outlook.com. Anyway, so let's talk about some headlines today, guys. Do want to throw this up there? Um baby born with organs outside of body defies odds and celebrates her first Christmas. That just goes to show you um no matter what doctors tell you, no matter what, it does not matter what the world tells you. It only matters what god tells you if god wants you to be around you're gonna be around so anyway i thought i'd throw that in there today and if you guys have not listened to or watched on youtube or rumble jan markell's latest radio program that was um the last hour and that was uh featuring ed heinzen and so it's going to be um you can find that on youtube or you can find it on Rumble, or you can go to OliveTreeViews.news or OliveTreeViews.org and click on the Radio Archives, or you can actually go to News, hit Headlines. If you go down through Headlines, you're going to find it right there. So, anyway, uh, it's awesome. You guys need to listen to that. I'm going to give you a little preview. So, Jan Markell welcomes Dr. Ed Hines in this hour. Ed looks at seven significant events that are a herald of uh his coming today which is jesus coming today we hope this hour is encouraging as we watch the signs of the times intensify since israel's rebirth in 1948. he is coming soon we're honoring ed heinz in this hour she says guys go uh listen to that you're not going to be disappointed what else is going on haven't been to technocracy.news in a while so i was having to drop in there uh this afternoon after doing my early morning um episode a drop by to see what was going on so technocracy in smart cities got a lot of stuff going on technocracy's necessary requirements in the prelude to day seven china is the world's first technate and of course day seven brings up china is a technocracy Guys, if you haven't gone to technocracy.news, check it out. It's got a lot of, lot of good stuff. There are lots and lots of good stuff. Health officials are eager to reinstate fast, uh, face mask this winter. Fastest, maybe? Yes, that's what I was trying to say, I guess. <laughs> anyway, so, you know they're on the ball with that right now. Double mask, triple mask, get your mask, get your mask, get your mask, mask, mask. You get vaccinated, you get jabbed, you get vaccinated, you get boosted, boosted, vaccinated, jabbed. Put your mask on, put your mask on. Wear your gloves. Oh, my gosh, wash your hands. The only thing that they told you, out of all of that, that's going to do anything for you, is wash your hands. (laughs) Oh, listen to your mothers, folks. Listen to them when we were kids. Remember, wash your hands. Keep your fingers out of your mouth. Don't touch your eyes. Quit that. Quit that. (laughs) Our mothers were right. Anyway, yeah. So, anyway, out of all of that garbage that they're spewing out to you guys, the only thing that really will really keep you from getting sick would be washing your hands. Anyway, moving right along talking about uh technocracy and transhumanism and this is the fitting of technocracy and transhumanism folks you know you got bill gates and jeff bezos and they are competing against um uh, elon musk in his neuro so folks this stuff is getting it's crazy you know the bible said that uh, those people who were lost and have turned their back on God and had denied him ever times and hardened their hearts against Him, that He would give them a reprobate mind. And what does that mean? Y'all have heard me say it a hundred times, I'm sure. It means they cannot reason. They're like animals, they can't reason. And so that's kind of sad. Anyway, but well, we see it happening right now. And if you hear in the background, you know, a little Chihuahua. <laughs> oh, he's my Chihuahua. Yes, Chihuahua, folks. His name is Squirt- Squirticus because he thinks he's Spartacus. Anyway. Um, And he's running around playing with his Christmas toys. So he's got Christmas toys strung everywhere. He's killed his ducks and his stuffies. And boy, he is excited. Anyway, Murphy's running around high on catnip and Scruffy. My little Scruffy's just chewing on his little greenie. So the whole little fam bam is here. And they're chilling out this early morning. So December the 15th, Patrick Wood posted this article. And it's talking about... Uh, In science, we trust. See, folks, day five, the fitting of technocracy and transhumanism. You can find this at technocracy.news. If society must be transformed into technocracy, then the humans who live there must be transformed into transhuman. Yes, folks, in other words, a perfectly efficient utopian society envisioned by technocrats would be quickly soiled if it were inhabited by weak-minded and imperfect humans in their present form. This is exactly why we see many technocrats who also identify as transhumans as well. Some well-known names that come to mind include Elon Musk, which is Tesla, Jeff Bezos, Amazon, Ray Kurzweil, Google, and Peter Thiel, which is PayPal. To grasp this larger picture it is necessary to address three questions number one what is technocracy number two what is transhumanism and number three how is scientism the glue that binds them together folks i do apologize my voice is not back uh to where it was (laughs) Mm. whatever this is has been lingering for a little bit but at least i'm not squeaking and squawking so hey here we go so number one what is technocracy? In 1939, the Technocrat magazine wrote, Technocracy is a science of social engineering, the scientific operation of the entire social mechanism to produce and distribute goods and services to the entire population. The magazine went on to explain that technocracy is skewed uh, capitalism, free enterprise, elected uh, politicians, and that it, sought to create a resource-based economic system where scientists, engineers, and technicians would be the sole planners and controllers of society. Many technocrats today have no idea of the deeper goals of technocracy, but nevertheless use their expertise to run portions of society without any regard for America's traditional political process. Rule by experts is a rule. But it is only one subservient part of the overarching goal of replacing our current economic system with sustainable development, a.k.a. technocracy, green economy, green new deal, etc. Whatever words they want to come up with. So number two, what is transhumanism? <clears throat> one modern champion of transhumanism dr max moore wrote transhumanism is a loosely defined movement that has developed gradually over the past two decades transhumanism is a class of philosophies of life that seek the continuation and acceleration of the evolution of intelligent life beyond its current human form and human limitations by means of science And technology, guided by life, promoting principles and values. And he wrote that in 1990, folks. Max Moore wrote that in 1990. Wow, you guys, all the way back in 1990, huh? Woo! Anyway, so transhumans seek to apply advanced technology to the condition of man in order to take over the evolutionary process and literally create humans 2.0. The holy grail of transhumanism is to achieve immortality, but in the process they intend to weed out the more negative characteristics of human 1.0. Their warlike nature and their tendency to be argumentative, inconsistent, unreliable, etc., This is genetic cleansing on the largest possible scale, folks. Anyway, scientism is the glue that binds them together. So, scientism is a religious proposition that was first presented by the French philosopher Henry de Saint-Simon from 1760. He died in 1825, and he wrote, quote, A scientist, my dear friends, is a man who foresees. It is because science provides the means to predict that it is useful, and the scientists are superior to all other men. Unquote. Anyway, while true science explores the nat- natural world using the time-tested scientific method of repeated experimentation and validation, St. Simon's Scientism is a speculative metaphysical worldview about the nature and reality of the universe and man's relation to it. St. Simon proposed that the religious leadership of his day should literally be replaced by a priesthood of scientists and engineers who would interpret the oracle of science in order to make declarations to society on the human actions necessary to lead mankind to utopia. Thus, science would be elevated to a state of immutable godhood, worshipped by its followers, who are led by its priests. Technocracy and transhumanism are both based on scientism both believe that advanced science engineering and technology are the exclusive instruments of progress both are adept at promising benefits that are always just around the corner but that never materialize both are expert at manipulating governments to supply taxpayer resources to fund their respective projects both believe they are hijacking evolutionary processes to create a future engineered by technologists so no future here go to mars An even more substantive connection between technocracy and transhumanism is that they both see no future for the world as it exists today radical environmentalists like greta thunberg believe the world has only 12 years left before a climate apocalypse destroys us all Elon Musk uses his billions to escape Earth by funding his SpaceX rockets company uh, with the ultimate intent of colonizing Mars. And Jeff Bezos privately funds his Blue Origin for the same purpose, to colonize Mars. They both have stated that the only future for mankind is in outer space, populating the cosmos because Earth is going to hit a dead end when its natural resources run out. I <laughs> wonder what they're going to do on Mars. Sorry. Anyway, so in short, technocracy and transhumanism are both anti-human. Technocracy, channeled by the United Nations as Sustainable Development, believes that the Earth can only support one billion or so humans. Furthermore, all humans are considered as mere resources on a par with herd animals such as cattle. Transhumanism believes humanity 1.0 is as good as dead and the only hope for the future of man is for transhuman Scientists to invent Humanity 2.0 and leave Earth altogether. In one sense, technocracy's strict allocation of resources and energy only mark a containment pattern while they build and test space travel technology. This is not new thinking. In 1872, Winwood Reed wrote The Martyrdom of the Man in which he stated, as clearly as any modern transhumanist or or technocrat could, this was 1872, folks, and I quote, disease will be extricated the causes of decay will be removed immortality will be invented and then the earth being small mankind will migrate into space and will cross the airless sahara's which separate planet from planet and sun from sun. The earth will become a holy land, which will be visited by pilgrims from all the quarters of the universe. Finally, men will master the forces of nature. They will become themselves architects of systems, manufacturers of worlds. These bodies, which now we wear, belong to the lower animals. Our minds have already outgrown them. Already we look upon them with contempt. A time will come when scientists, or when science will transform them by means, which we cannot conjecture, and which even if explained to us we could not now understand. Just as a savage cannot understand electricity, magnetism, and steam, as page one hundred seventy from his book moving right along. The word radical doesn't even scratch the surface. In light of the above, I hope you realize that you simply cannot look at technocrats and transhumanists and pin labels on them like Marxist, Socialist, Communist, or Fascist. Transhumanists and technocrats represent a new type of radicalness that the world has never seen before. It means nothing when people gather to discuss philosophical issues and new ways of doing things unless they have the means to do what they claim. Jeff Bezos is waiting for NASA to colonize Mars. He building his own spaceship with his own money. Likewise, Elon Musk is self-funding his own space fleet. The late global financier David Rockefeller didn't wait for governments to flesh out a new economic order, but rather used his own funds to create the Trilateral Commission with its own economic transformations. Which is satanic, by the way. Anyway, uh, thanks to the United Nations adoption of technocracy as sustainable development, his Agenda 21 policies have been spread to every corner of the planet including every town and county in America. In total ignorance of the trap being laid for them, people are now demanding more, not less. Global warming is being used as a battering ram to break down the current economic system, paving the way for the only alternative being offered, sustainable development, a.k.a. technocracy. Lest you think that the scientific elite... Our benevolent, pure-hearted idealist simply working for the betterment of mankind. I would caution you to remember the late Jeffrey Epstein, who plumbed the depths of depravity, debauchery, sex trafficking, and blackmail, and who was also a member of the elitist Trilateral Commission for several years. Epstein was a technocrat and transhumanist who hoped to achieve eternal life within his lifetime. Alas, he failed. To use the word radical to describe technocracy and transhumanism would be a gross understatement. They are both outside the bounds of objective reality. And worse, they are dragging the rest of us along with them. Yes, folks. I hope this gives you... um a better idea of what transhumanism is and what their goal is and what they're wanting to do. And again, this article was written by Patrick Wood, the founder of technocracy.news. If you haven't gone there, need to go there, show him some love. It's got a lot of great articles on here, but moving right along. So really quick, haven't stopped by you know him, you love him, my favorite, Leo Holman, H-O-H-M-A-N-N.com. I haven't been there in a while, so I'll stop by today to see what was going on with Leo. And once again, he did not disappoint. Noted transhumanist now targeting our children. What's inside You've all Noah Harari's new book for kids? This man is evil, satanic, he is demonic. Let's see what he has to say to kids. Mm. Deborah Groff is an author and expert on children's books, which she analyzes from a biblical perspective. In her latest article, she peels back the layers of deception in a new book uh, by noted globalist futures and transhumanist Yuval Noah Harari. Some have described Harari, a gifted storyteller, as one of the world's most dangerous men. He serves as one of Klaus Schwab's top advisors at the World Economic Forum, has written many books, and is a sought-after speaker not only at the WEF, but on college campuses worldwide. He has stated that he believes humans are a hackable or hackable animals, devoid of a free will or a soul, and that because we accepted mass surveillance during the COVID lockdowns, it's just a matter of time before we accept the next step in a coming global technocracy placing that surveillance under the skin quote in fact harari makes it quite clear what kind of god he will worship and there's a video here you can watch all about it and of course the wef does blaspheme god of course but we're going to move right along it says But with a brand new book hitting the bookstores, this marks robbery's first attempt to get at our children. The book, targeting 10 to 14 year olds, is being heavily marketed, and will be the first in a four-part series. So the chances your child or grandchild will come in contact with it at some point are pretty high. Here is the cross-penetrating look at one of the world's most dangerous men and how he's working to get access to the minds of our most vulnerable and impressionable, our children. So this is written by Debra Deborah DeGroff. Here we go. So she says, who is Yuval Noah Harari and why has he become so influential? What is his message? Does the heavily marketed new book for children echo the same sentiments he so adamantly feeds his adult audiences? Professor Yuval Noah Harari is a historian, philosopher, and the best-selling author of Sapiens, A Brief History of Mankind, Homo Deus. A Brief History of Tomorrow and 21 Lessons for the 21st Century, and Sapiens, A Graphic History. His books have sold over 40 million copies in 65 languages, and he is considered one of the world's most influential public intellectuals today. You can check out his bio if you so dare. Anyway, she goes on to say Harari was a keynote speaker at the World Economic Forum. In Davos, Switzerland, in both 2018 and 2020, his speeches and interviews on various media platforms are watched by millions. Harari is not shy about stating his beliefs. In a nutshell, in Harari's gospel, there is no God, no soul, and no free will. Once these pillars are accepted as truth by his followers, many of whom are in positions of power, the next step will be deciding the fate of billions of people who are no longer necessary in a future world that consists of artificial intelligence, biotechnology, and transhumanism. Harari's book, Sapiens, was endorsed by Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, and Barack Obama. Yes. Christopher Carbon wrote this article. Humans will eventually merge with machines, Professor says, for Fox News in July of 2019, stating, quote, It's increasingly hard to tell where I end or where the computer begins, Harari, a professor of history at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, told audiences at the Fast Company European Innovation Festival. In the future, it is likely that the smartphone will not be separated from you at all. It may be embedded in your body or brain, constantly scanning your biometric data and your emotions. Mark of the beast, mark of the beast. If they don't bow down, they will know. I'm sorry, that Revelation 13 just jumped right out of me there. (laughs) Anyway... Oh, back to the article. So, Harari continued, if we told our ancestors in the Stone Age about our lives today, they would think we are already gods. But the truth is that even though we have developed more sophisticated tools, we are the same animals. He calls us, I'm sorry. Anyway, we have the same emotions, the same minds. The coming revolution will change that. It will change not just our tools, it will change the human being itself. In a speech at the 2020 World Economic Forum in Davos, Harari informed his audience that automation will soon eliminate millions upon millions of jobs, creating a large class of, quote, useless people, unquote. Harari stated... Uh, Quote, old jobs will disappear, new jobs will emerge, but then the new jobs will rapidly change and vanish. Whereas in the past, humans had to struggle against exploitation. In the 21st century, the really big struggle will be against irrelevance. And it's much worse to be irrelevant than exploited. Those who fail in the struggle against irrelevance would constitute a new quote, useless class, unquote. People who are useless, not from the viewpoint of their friends and family, but useless from the viewpoint of the economic and political system. And what will happen to politics in your country in 20 years when somebody in San Francisco or Beijing knows the entire medical and personal history of every politician, every judge, and every journalist in your country, including all their sexual escapades, all their mental weaknesses, and all their corrupt dealings? Will it still be an independent country? Or will it become a data colony? Mm. Harari goes on to say, When you have enough data, you don't need to send soldiers in order order to control a country. Sorry, my phone is going off there. In order to control a country. If you know enough biology and have enough computing power and data, you can hack my body and my brain and my life. And you can understand me better than I can understand myself. You know more about me than I know about myself. And you can do that, not just to me, but to everyone. I don't know about you guys, uh, but I'm thinking it totally sounds like the Antichrist and the Mark of the Beast. I'm just saying. Anyway, moving right along, and he continues. Harari says, a system that understands us better than we understand ourselves can predict our feelings and decisions, can manipulate our feelings and decisions, and can ultimately make decisions for us. But soon, at least some corporations and governments will be able to systematically hack all the people. We humans should get used to the idea that we are no longer mysterious souls. We are now hackable animals. That's what we are, he says. Who boy, in the coming decades, AI and biotechnology will give us godlike abilities to re-engineer life and even to create completely new life forms. After 4 billion years of organic life shaped by natural selection, we are about to enter a new era of inorganic life shaped by intelligent design. Our intelligent design is going to be the new driving force of the evolution of life. If you want to read the entire speech, you can go to leohoman.com and click on that to read it he goes on to say chris Henderson, head of ted or ted media interviewed harari in august 2022 anderson commented that harari strongly recommends meditation harari responded that he meditates for two hours each day and that he does the vespasana meditation whatever that is i'm sure i completely murdered that whatever which he learned from sn Goenka, whoever that is so quote and my yearly vacation is to go on a long retreat of between say 30 days and 60 days I just came back last month from a 60 day meditation retreat, Harari says. Folks, demonic and evil. Unless I just say that all that garbage he just spewed out was blasphemy. Anyway, moving right along. The article continues uh, During this interview, Harari tells Anderson he isn't uh, against technology as it can bring enormous benefits to humanity as a whole. He continues that he, quote, met his husband, online in one of the first dating sites for the LGBT people in Israel in the early 2000s. And you can listen to that as well. You all know Harari holds great influence with many people in positions of power. Up until recently, this audience has consisted of adults. But now, Harari is introducing his message to children. Autumn 2022 says Harari venturing into the world of children's books with the preteen series Unstoppable Us. Here, he tells the unbelievable true story of humans, our all-conquering and insatiable species, in a way that is accessible to kids. The series will be published in four volumes, featuring full-color illustrations, starting with Unstoppable Us, Volume 1, How Humans Took Over the World. Harari includes a timeline of history, at the beginning of Unstoppable Us, and Part 1, History of Humanity. He begins with six million years ago with the picture of an upright creature that is a cross between a human and an ape. The caption reads that this was the quote last common ancestor of humans and chimpanzees, I quote. folks. I always want to throw this in. If it's evolution and we're supposed to evolve from a monkey or an ape. Why are there still apes? <laughs> you evolve from something. Doesn't that species die? I mean, I tell about you. Everybody knows it's a lot straight from the pit of hell. Anyway, going on, he follows with a jump to the 2.5 million years ago mark, in which he states that humans evolved in Africa. The Gospel of Harari moves forward another half billion years with the evolution of different kinds of humans. By 400,000 years ago, Neanderthals evolve in Europe and the Middle East, and 300,000 years ago, sapiens evolve in Africa. Seventy thousand years ago, the sapiens leave Africa in large numbers. Thirty-five thousand years ago, the Nether uh, the Neanderthals are extinct, and sapiens are the last surviving kind of human. "Unquote." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gotta have faith to believe that garbage. Really, really, I always liked it. Six billion years ago. <laughs> oh. Just take a Timex watch, take the Timex watch apart, set it in a bowl and wait 6 billion years and tell me if that Timex puts itself together. (laughs) Sorry, moving right along. So planet Earth was once ruled by many different animals, but now we humans rule everything, the land, the sea and the sky. The only reason lions, dolphins and eagles still exist is because we allow them to end quote. He concludes this introduction and with and it's a true story. Oh, Oh, what does the Bible say about Satan? He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And what else do they say he is? He is a liar. From the beginning, he was a liar, and he is the father of all lies. Wow, there's one right there. Anyway, chapter one teaches the children that millions of years ago, we were just ordinary animals who ate worms and climbed trees to pick fruit. Until animals learned to make tools, the other animals weren't afraid of them. Harari explains that when kids wake up in the night, frightened that there are monsters under their beds, that this is simply a memory from millions of years ago when monsters sneaked up on children in the night. His example of a lion coming to eat the child, this idea is repeated in the closing of this book. He says, next, the humans invented fire. A single weak human with a fire stick could burn down an entire forest in a matter of hours, destroying thousands of trees and killing thousands of animals. I'm surprised it didn't put all this carbon into the air. <laughs> That's where climate change started. Sorry. <laughs> Back to the story. Uh, anyway, now the humans could cook their food. As a result, humans started to change. They had smaller teeth, smaller stomachs, and much more free time. Harari expands on this by stating that some scientists, quote, suggest it was cooking that made it possible for the human brain to start growing, unquote. Once they started cooking, humans could spend far less energy chewing and digesting and had more energy to feed big brains. Their stomachs shrank, their brains grew, and people got smarter. (laughs) Reprobate mind. Sorry. In the next chapter, the children learn that, quote, our planet was actually home to many different kinds of humans, unquote. Harari introduces the Floresians and follows with the bigger brained Neanderthals and then the Denisovans. And however, according to him, the sapiens eventually killed off all of these ancestors. When the new super sapiens reached Europe, they picked all the pears, ate all the berries and hunted all the deer. This meant that the local Neanderthals had nothing left to eat, so they died of hunger. And if any Neanderthals tried to stop the Sabians from taking all the food, the Sabians probably killed them. Quote. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And he's claiming this to be true, and I'm telling you, this is like the worst fiction book I've ever read. Uh, You think, kid, please tell me children are smarter than this. Anyway, then our ancestors went to Siberia. They took all the food from the denizens and then they went to the Flores and soon there wasn't a single small human or small elephant to be found. We got the one elephants now to be found. And when all the other humans were gone, our ancestors still weren't satisfied. Although they were now incredibly powerful. They wanted even more power and more food. So they sometimes fought one another. <laughs> just, oh, folks, I just can't. I just can't. Do it. Anyway, it goes a little bit further on down. And, uh... (laughs) The Great Lion Spirit wants us to get rid of the Neanderthals. They are very strong, but don't worry. Even if a Neanderthal kills you, that's actually a good thing because you'll go to the land of the spirits above the clouds where the Great Lion Spirit will welcome you and give you lots of blueberries and giraffe steaks to eat. (laughs) Jeez. Folks, this is wrought out of his children's book. That's on page 72, uh, if you want to look at that. <laughs> so and people believe the stories, so they cooperated to get rid of the Neanderthals. This belief in stories gave our ancestors so much power that they spread all over the world, conquering every land on the planet. I'm trying to hold back my laughter. Harari's corrupts a view of the family. Harari, who is is married to a man, also weighs in on families. Of course he does. Quote, Nowadays, some people have one partner for their entire life. Some have many partners and some remain single. In a few countries, one man can be married to several women at the same time. In other countries, two women can get married to each other and so can two men. Bonobo, or chimpanzee girls, don't dream about marrying a handsome prince. They'd usually prefer a cool girlfriend. This is in his books, folks. This is in his book. Harari then speculates about the types of families there may have been in the Stone Age times. In the fourth hut, one woman, her three children, and her current girlfriend. Well, maybe it was like that and maybe not. It's easy to imagine different possibilities, but scientists need to distinguish imagination from fact. You need evidence. Uh, okay, so in the fourth hut with the one more woman and her three children and her current girlfriend. Sure, the girlfriend gave her kids, right? Yeah, in your scientific mind. Anyway, one tribe might have believed that after you died, you came back as a new baby or perhaps even as an animal. Maybe a second tribe believed that when you died, you became a ghost. The third tribe may have thought that these two theories were a load of nonsense. When you died, you were gone, and that was that. Oh, man, folks. Oh, Harari on humanity, the deadliest animal on Earth. There's one thing, though, we are certain our ancestors did. And it's something we know a lot about. They caused most of the world's big animals to disappear. Wasn't the flood. No. Uh, quote, the ancient ancestors of whales were land animals that were no bigger than a large dog. Around 50 million years ago, some of these dog-like animals started spending part of their time in rivers, and lakes, hunting fish and other small creatures. <coughs> Oh my, they spent more and more of their time in rivers, rarely venturing onto land. Their feet, which you know, they no longer needed for walking, <laughs> evolved into flippers and their tails also changed to better help them with swimming. Eventually, these animals swam out to sea, completely abandoning land. They spent their whole lives deep in the ocean, and their bodies adapted, growing enormous until they became whales. <laughs> But this process took millions and millions of years. Soon after Sapiens reached Australia, all these human animals became extinct and many small animals did too. <laughs> Folks, this is this, this is this moron's book that he's promoting to children. I couldn't make this crap up if I wanted to. Oh, my land. Mm. Professing themselves wise, they became fools. I don't do believe the Bible says that. Anyway, I'm not going to read any more of this garbage. I'm not going to read any more of it. But the truth is that the humans were already the deadliest animals on Earth. Animals. I'm not going to read any more. The guilty ones must make reparations. He does have that in there. Remember, he was a kid, you're already more powerful than any lion or whale. One well weighs as much as 5,000 kids. And yet, wells can't protect themselves against humans because humans have learned to tell stories and cooperate in very sophisticated ways, which wells can't understand. <laughs> but, it's not. oh my. Anyway, guys, if you want to read this article, there's much more to it. Please go to leohoman.com. H O H M A N N.com. And if you want to, please grab a copy of Deborah DeGroff's book between the covers what's inside a children's book i uh, can visit her website uh, straight there from leo holman's website folks i couldn't make that i could not make that garbage up could you keep can't, can't, seriously what kind of person thinks that it's six billion years it took to fort really and now you're telling us this planet has been here i'm <clears throat> sorry they're telling us this planet has been here for six billion billion years right 500 million years ago that was okay but all of a sudden well there's too many people on the planet and we're causing our cow farts are causing climate change all of a sudden it used to be global warming then it was global cooling and then they're like well this isn't working so it's gonna call it climate change it's climate change yeah that's what we're gonna do Go to geoengineeringwatch.org if you want to know the truth about the weather and what they're doing. But, 6 million years ago. But all of a sudden, it has come down to you've got 12 years and that's it. After billions of years, folks. Millions and billions of years. Now, that's it. That's it, folks. It's over. It's over, they say. If we don't cut down on your carbon commission you can't turn your heater on you've got to buy this electric car which takes coal to power the electric power plants and yeah but you gotta buy this electric car and in california they have banned gasoline car sales i think in the next couple years (laughs) folks god said he would turn them over to a reprobate mind and you see it absolutely if you He is spinning this garbage, this blasphemous rhetoric to children. And he believes it. He says it's a true story. Anyway, folks, if you see anything with Noah Harari on there, please, please do not let your children read that garbage. But, I, you know, I have more faith in our kids that they're not that stupid to believe some garbage like that, some gullible crap like that. Surely our kids are smarter than that. I hope. I hope so anyway God's going to get off here so <laughs> boy as always get into the word of God I'll let the word of God get into you and uh, as always Maranatha Lord Jesus Maranatha come quickly Lord Jesus oh my please come quickly we look around this world today and these are the people this guy right here that wrote this book to kids with all of that garbage that I was read from you. There was a quote from his book, the Deborah Crap, you know. I'm telling you, these are the people who are making decisions for what's going to happen. They're the ones that, the economy, everything, they are pushing this bus down the road, folks. People like that. So just remember, if you don't stand up now, if you don't stand up for the truth now, these are the people. These are the elitist this is what they think. And this is what they're going to do. They're, t- they're trying to take over the world. Think about it. It's not. This is like a comic book, folks. These people really want to take over the world. World Economic Forum. I mean, really? Anyway. But we know the truth. We know the truth. That uh, God Almighty is coming back. Jesus Christ is coming back. And he's going to make all things right. First, he's going to yank us all out of here in the rapture. People are like through so The rapture is done. The bird's done in the church. That's the birth in the Bible. Dead birth in the Bible. And would be like, uh, neither is the word Trinity, but we do believe in the Trinity. But actually, rapture is in the Bible. It's in the Latin Bible. It's called rapturo, which means the snatching away. And in Greek, it's called harpazo, the catching away. So, yes, folks, it is in the Bible. It is in the Bible. It is a long concept all the way back to Enoch walked with God and was not because God took him. Wham! Elijah went up in a whirlwind. Boom! Was gone. So, think about it. Just think about it. Anyway, and text him. He has at least saved by at least twice, at least three times. So I'm going to, here we go. All right, folks, I hope you guys had a wonderful time celebrating Christmas with your family and your friends. And I hope you guys um, were able to spend some time with the Lord today. I did. I got into the Word. Got to read a little bit of the Word. Got to relax a little bit. Now I'm back to work. I did turn my notice in. And this week is my last week. The 29th or whatever Friday is. The 30th, I think, is my last day. So I'm going to go back and do home health. Uh, I love doing that. I uh, have a heart for the older folks, and so so I'm going to be doing, if the Lord wills it. So anyway, with that, guys, get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God get into you. Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha.